Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking, they will respect my son. Suppose that this parable could be known as the foolish vineyard owner. He gave and gave and gave. He was unappreciated and disrespected. He built that beautiful vineyard, planting the most lush vines, building the hedge for protection, putting in the wine press to produce the fruit, the tower to watch over the vineyard, and then leased it to tenants. And those tenants had it made. All they had to do was tend the vines and share the fruit of their labors. But we know how it goes. When the landowner sent his servants to collect the produce, we're told that one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Sure sounds like three strikes and you're out, right? No, he sent more servants. Still the same. And then finally, this fool of a landowner says, I will send my son. Surely they will respect my son. Every time I hear this gospel, I feel like it's watching an accident in slow motion, just wanting to scream, stop, no, don't do it. But before we get to that, a rose. On our pilgrimage through Italy, making our way north from Rome, we went through Assisi and then up to Siena. On our way to Turin, we were going through the, the Tuscan hillsides and seeing all those vineyards. I don't know anything about vineyards, so except that there's grapes on them. It looked like it was time for harvest. But as I was looking so closely, I noticed something. On many of the rows of vines, there were rose bushes at the ends. I just figured it was the Italian thing. They, Italians like beauty, and if some beauty is good, then all the more beauty. It's like gilding the lily, if you will. That must be what they're doing. No. We found out that it was practical. Those rose bushes, not only were they adding beauty, but they were testing the soil. The moisture, the sunlight, parasites, mold, those beautiful roses, more sensitive to their surroundings than the vines, would let the vine growers know before the harvest would be ruined. Got thinking, how are the roses in my life? How are the rose bushes in yours? How are we doing allowing for a taste of beauty in our life that also teaches? Are we getting enough sun and water? Are those roses in full blossom? Have they started to show signs of parasites or mold? Or even worse, did we just forget to plant them? Or choose not to. That's not the important thing. We just want the, just the facts, just the, the vines, just the grapes. Those roses teach us a lot. A friend of mine is very particular about her language. She always tries to speak what she means and means what she says, but the language for her is a, a bit of a rose bush. She knows that if she starts letting her 
from Sligo. She starts getting some salty language in there, some profanity. That's a sign of trouble to come. Invariably, she knows it's time to get off to the confessional, but it, it's become, that language has become a rosebush of sorts in her life. Yes, beautiful language, but also, when are there signs of trouble? We need those things. We need that awareness. We need to, to, to grow, to raise these beautiful, beautiful points in our lives. I propose that what happened with the tenants was that they forgot to plant rose bushes. So caught up in their work that they forgot the big picture. They forgot adding the beauty. They forgot the nuance. They just started seeing the vines for what they could get from them. They forgot the forest for the trees and the vineyard for the vines. Do we stop and smell the roses? That's what Paul is talking about in such florid language in his letter to the Philippians. Brothers and sisters, whatever is true and honorable, just and pure, whatever is lovely, gracious, if there is any excellence, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Dostoevsky says, the world will be saved by beauty. Look to the beautiful things that the Lord has given to us in our lives and be aware if we're forgetting about them or if they're slipping through our fingers. Perhaps we have to reevaluate what's going on in our life. If those vineyard tenants had the roses, I propose that They would have kept everything else in perspective. They would have shared what was rightfully the landowners. They would not have been led into sin. And the same with us. Right from the beginning, right? From man and woman in that garden, that beautiful vineyard of Eden. Sin entered into the world when the perspective was lost. And so it was that the Son had to be sent to show the full extent of the dedication of the landowner, that he was all in. The Son was not being sent because he was foolhardy. The Son was being sent because he was foolishly in love. Isaiah prophesied so many years before, setting up our Lord for this parable of the vineyard owner, And he speaks so similarly, but one important distinction, he says that the vineyard owner is his friend. Yeah, that is right. The vineyard owner is our friend. He sends his son, not because he has to, but because he loves us. And how will we respond? With greeting the servants brought into our lives with sharing the fruit of our labors and appreciating the roses in our lives.